0: to the All About Elephants show on AAA Radio. My name is Nikita Pavan and today I'm so excited to be talking to Dr. Marianne Garay. She is a specialist in animal behavior, zoology, and has done amazing work on the social behavior and psychology of elephants. She has also served as a chairman of the Elephant Management and Owner Association, the co-founder and director of the Elephant Specialist Advisory Group, and has worked in numerous other organizations. Thank you so much for joining today, Dr. Garay. How are you? I'm um, very well. Thank you. And thank you
1: for having me on this. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, you have done you have so many accomplishments. So uh, why don't you start by just telling us about yourself and your work? OK, uh, well, I started
1: uh, by studying zoology. And um, I, as you mentioned, I specialized in animal behavior at uh, the University of Zurich, Switzerland and I did my master's on behavioral zoo elephants. Uh, following that, I went to South Africa, where I'm currently based. I've been here for the last 30 years, and I did my PhD on the translocated orphaned juvenile elephants that originated from the culling operations at the Kruger National Park in South Africa. Uh, as you mentioned, I formed various organizations. I also studied um, elephants in Sri Lanka at the orphanage. So, uh, over a period of two years, and subsequently, we, we did some publications. I'm a member of various organizations, uh, also uh, including the IUCN African Elephant Specialist Group. I've, um, authored or co-authored over 40 publications and still ongoing. Uh, Currently, I am, as you mentioned, with the Elephant Reintegration Trust. Uh, I'm a researcher there. I'm a trustee there. And I'd like to give an idea of of what ERT does. Our main aim and goal is to obtain our own property, which uh, this is the goal we're working for which has to be large enough so that we can rehabilitate all the ex-trained or currently trained elephants here in South Africa. It may come as a surprise to you, but we have about plus minus 90 captive elephants in South Mm -hmm. Africa, which are mainly used for elephant back safaris. And as they get older, they become a bit difficult to ride and to handle, And eventually people will have to rewild them or send them to zoos or whatever. So that is our aim. We have already rehabilitated, rewilded numerous elephants and with great success. We we also do a lot of research, uh, mainly on the welfare of elephants, which are kept in private fenced reserves in South Africa. We have many, many private fenced reserves in South Africa. Uh, around about 80 of them and that harbor elephants more or less from smaller groups to larger groups and our study focuses on the welfare so that's basically what i do
0: Mm, yeah wow congratulations on all these achievements and 90 elephants wow that's um that's shocking especially for elephant rides i mean i think those are very common tourist attractions that uh, need to be phased out. And you obviously have a focus and expertise on elephants. So um, I was wondering, can you explain some of the social and psychological problems that elephants face in captivity?
1: Maybe, let first let me give you a brief introduction on what elephants are. Yeah. Um, elephants are large-brained animals with multifaceted physical, psychological, social, and spatial needs. They they display complex cognitive capabilities. They have great intelligence, sentience, and empathy. Elephants are also self-aware. Together with great apes and dolphins, they can recognize themselves in a mirror. That is the famous mirror test, which means that they actually are self-aware. They form and use tools and can solve problems by insight. They also have a sense of death and mourn dead family members. In situations where captive elephants are left alone, uh, for example, following the death of a loved family member or friend, can cause severe depression to the point that the animal can die, especially in captivity when they don't have another um, friend, family members. Elephants live in unusually large social networks with a highly organized structure involving strong family bonds that last a lifetime. They form alliances with other elephants and can work together to solve problems. They also have a highly developed communication system using all their senses in a wide range of tactile, olfactory, and visual signals, and seismic and acoustic communication. Over millions of years, elephants have been formed and adapted to living in a variety of landscapes and walking long distances. Home range sizes have been shown to extend to 10,000 square kilometers or more for African elephants. Their daily activities involve intellectual and cognitive challenges that depend on space such as, for example, locating a wide variety of food, remembering locations of water and seasonal food items, or searching for mates and avoiding potential danger. Social relationships are vital to their welfare. Keeping an elephant alone without other conspecifics is entirely alien to their nature at a fundamental level and it's harmful to their psychological and physical health and overall welfare. Mother offspring bonds are essential for both male and female offspring and form the core of elephant society. Females stay with their natal herd and their mother for their entire lives. But it's not only female offspring for whom the mother offspring bond is essential. Male calves naturally remain with a mother and family until adolescence and separate from them only very gradually. And as they become independent from the natal family, they form relatively stable associations with other males. Uh, And they have certain friends and males that they like to associate with more often. So Mm -hmm. males are not solitary. Captive environments do not meet the complex physical and psychological needs. The restrictions that captivity imposes on an elephant's behaviors are increasingly recognized as being deleterious to cognitive development Psychological well being, normal social development, reproduction, and health. Captive living conditions differ drastically from those for which elephants are adapted. Over millions of years, elephants have evolved to be on the move in expansive home ranges. Walking for health reasons is n- not only vital physically, but also for brain development and the entire well being of the animal. There are many health problems in captive conditions. Serious health problems and often a decreased lifespan in captive-held elephants are well-documented. In fact, most of them do not reach the age that they would in the wild. They have been shown to suffer, for example, just to name a few, arthritis, hernias, swelling of the knee joints due to long-standing periods or skin calluses and abscesses due to poor skin care. Foot problems, such as pathological lesions in the pads and nails, split nails, abscesses, torsions, ulcerations, overgrown cuticles, are common in captive-held elephants because of inactivity and lack of access to natural substrate and sufficient exercise. But they are also subject to infectious diseases. A highly fatal hemorrhage disease called the endotheliotropic elephant herpes virus, or EEHV for short, occurs in both species in captivity, although currently still more in the Asian, but uh, there are already quite a few African elephants that have contacted the virus. And... It's deadly. We've just mm-hmm. had two deaths of young elef- Asian elephants in Switzerland, in Zurich Zoo, due to mm. uh, this virus. Uh, TB, tuberculosis, is a pervasive problem in captive elephants and can, of course, be transmitted then back to humans. It's, it's the actual human TB that they have. Um, Abnormal repetitive behaviors is something that you will find nearly in every captive zoo elephant, Uh, and it's one of the main indicators of a very poor environment. They they are called stereotypic patterns. Uh, Captive conditions where animals cannot perform their species typical behaviors causes psychological suffering. It is known that wild animals in captivity, particularly when they are chained, and I'm specifically talking about elephants now, may develop abnormal behaviors and the stereotypic behavior is a particular problem. What what are stereotypes, you may ask? They are repetitive, seemingly functionless actions. In elephants, they typically involve repeated rocking from side to side, swaying, head bobbing. I'm sure most listeners will will have seen this in elephants. And it's very wrongly often been named as, oh, the elephant is dancing. No, the elephant is psychologically really sick if he does this. Mm. Uh, And it indicates it's a main indicator of poor welfare. Stereotypic behaviours are even related to life-threatening health problems, including foot diseases. The causes are varied. Chaining and restrictions are most often the source, but deprivation of social environment and contact have also been shown to be dominant causes. And in fact, just a word about chaining. It is a huge Issue as it causes severe psychological damage, serious health issues, and at times aggression. All the opposite, the animal may fall into total apathy. And so therefore, modern zoos desist from chaining elephants. And sadly, one still sees it in in many, many zoos these days. Maybe just a word about post-traumatic stress disorder. Traumatic events or adverse treatment even can have long-lasting psychological impacts. For example, capture, translocation, early separation from the mother and family, harsh training methods, poor captive facilities, etc., will be ingrained in the brain's neural network. And can manifest as post-traumatic stress disorder. How can this be seen? For example, by abnormal reactions, such as sudden startled responses or depression or unpredictable asocial behavior, or um, for example, also hyperaggression. And there's much, much more. Just to touch on what I studied at in the orphans at the Pinawella Orphanage in Sri Lanka, those were highly traumatized orphans and they were absolutely not capable of forming any social relationship. So uh, they, they were definitely under heavy post-traumatic stress disorder.
0: Yeah, and I think you highlight so many important points in terms of the physical, social, and mental needs of elephants. And I think what I find interesting about your work and research specifically is your focus on the psychological aspects of elephants. I feel like uh, we often become very fixated on solely the physical health of an elephant or animal. I noticed that, you know, the counter from zoos to keep an elephant captive is that they're externally healthy, which You know, firstly, it's hardly the case, but we also fail to consider the mental distress captive elephants and deer. Like you said, uh, they're so intelligent and complex. Uh, The mirror test that I believe uh, Happy the Elephant in New York just passed, and they're so similar to us. Uh, I think what you said about grieving over a close death, um, it resonates with a lot of us in the post-traumatic stress disorder. It was something, um, it was new knowledge for me, and I'm sure for many of our listeners, so I think that um, mental aspect of animals should be more recognized, and uh, just um, considering their captivity. And you know, you talk about these requirements for an elephant. So I was wondering, how do you think these issues differ for male elephants? Do you think male and female elephants need to be viewed differently in terms of their needs and rehabilitation? Uh, First of
1: all, males are a serious problem for zoos, and their requirements are even harder to cater for than for females, because the male society differs completely to the female social unit once they have left their family groups. And interestingly, males are not as solitary as has wrongly often been postulated. In fact, they depend, the younger males depend on older elephants to learn from. And they also form long-lasting friendships with other males. They are very social animals. And in fact, if anything, keeping a male locked up in captivity is is even worse in the sense that males have even larger home ranges and walk much longer and further than do the families, the the cow-calf units. Uh, Keeping elephants during the annual periods of must poses huge challenges to zoos. Their entire being is then driven by the heightened testosterone to to find receptive females to challenge other males to walk around and as they cannot express their natural behaviors in captivity they can stay in must for much much longer periods Uh, I've known elephants uh, being in must up to nine months in captivity Mm -hmm. and many of them become aggressive already they have the heightened testosterone which makes them aggressive then they cannot um, perform their natural behavior so they become even more aggressive so it's very very difficult to keep males in captivity and 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 by thwarting their natural highly motivated behaviors the psychological pressure is enormous you are actually really harming a a male elephant by keeping it in a captive situation. Mm. In in terms, to get back to your question, in terms of rehabilitation, you have to consider their natural adapted behavioral and social requirements, but both sexes can equally be rehabilitated. We've done it. We've done it with family groups. We've done it with males. each case has to be dealt with individually but it can be done that is not the problem
0: right yeah and i think to your earlier point i've heard that argument that male elephants are solitary so it's okay to keep them that way but i think it's great that you've addressed that misconception and uh the learning you were talking about i've also you know heard how senior male elephants they keep the more aggressive younger bulls in check and sort of you know act as a role model for more complex behaviors. So I you know, definitely think, as you mentioned, I mean, it's important to understand the natural social structure of elephants rather than simplifying it. Because, I mean, I remember in the case for Shunker, who's, you know, a bull, the zoo suggested simply bringing another female elephant in like it would solve everything. But, you know, the fact is, is that it's forced companionship and doesn't align with the elephant's natural behavior. And uh, just on the topic of zoos, there are many people who argue that since elephants are critically endangered, we should maintain a pool of captive elephants to promote their breeding. And how would you react to such uh, an argument?
1: (laughs) That argument is utter nonsense.
0: Firstly, elephants
1: are known to breed exceedingly poorly in captivity, and especially African elephants in fact zoos are still taking them out of the wild because they can't maintain their numbers mm. and secondly you, you can never keep the social necessary required amount of elephants in an adequately sized enclosure uh, for, even for them to retain their basic adapted behaviors and and their environmental knowledge which is tremendous all that is lost If if you keep one or two or even 10 or 20 elephants, um, you're not going to ensure that you can maintain the species. You would require an enclosure the size of a small nature reserve and at least a minimum of 50 elephants, rather 100, which is the minimum number required just to ensure genetic diversity. So no, zoos have absolutely no role to play in maintaining the species.
0: Right, and um, I completely agree with you, and there seems to be consensus among the scientific community about, you know, the psychological and physical consequences of captivity on elephants, for example, you were mentioning reproduction, their um, reproductive ability and everything, but why do you think zoos are hesitant to phase out their confinement, given these findings?
1: Yes, you're right. The psychological consequences have been and are continued to be studied and reveal that elephants cannot be kept in captivity. The reason zoos keep them is because they are a huge tourism draw card and they bring in money. It's that simple. Zoos don't really care about the animals or else they wouldn't keep them caged but they do need to make money or else they cannot exist. And having elephants and especially a baby elephant will bring in thousands and tens of thousands of visitors. That's how they make their money.
0: Mm.
1: By the way, the claim of being of educational value, which most of them use, doesn't hold at all. I mean, teaching a child to see an animal locked up under human dominance possibly even chained, and without being able to show its normal, so very interesting social behavior patterns, its its intelligence, its beauty, its sensitivity, and wonderful way of adaptation to the wild. It's, it's worth zero. All the child learns is that it's okay to cage and dominate an animal. But does not teach them the respect and the understanding we should have for these wonderful fellow beings.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there are so many better ways to educate ourselves about animals. I mean, they're online educated videos, research paper, case studies, you'd volunteer at a sanctuary. And you know, zoos, I think, send the message that animals are our property, which is unethical and misguiding. So It's encouraging to see researchers and advocates like you shining a light on, you know, not only this problem, but also potential solutions. And I believe that you are one of the 25 specialists who have endorsed the recent conservative Animal Welfare Foundation report on captive elephants. So the report makes certain uh, recommendations. Can you talk about those solutions, their rationale, implementation, and also your views on rewilding of captive elephants?
1: Uh, Yes, the recommendations in the report are well-founded and and researched. Uh, Rewilding or rehabilitation of elephants back into the wild, or even a large sanctuary from, from any captive condition is in essence always possible and doable. And obviously, to my mind, the only solution for captive elephants of course, you must consider the differences of the species that the different habitat requirements or even social requirements between African savanna, African forest or Asian elephants. So you cannot generalize what is required. But the main points are space, social and environmental requirements and safety from poaching and human harassment. Those are the three important points. And as I mentioned before, each case must be viewed separately and planned accordingly. Not not each elephant will require the same amount of care or time. Uh, an elephant that comes from a, a circus or has badly been abused will require much more care and, and uh, a much slower reintegration than, for example, one that comes from an elephant back safari operation where it was used to moving around or from a semi wild captivity where it was used to walking around with other elephants. So, um, For example, in South Africa, we have successfully reintroduced many groups of elephants from ex-captivity back to free range. And even Asian elephants have successfully been taken out of horrific captive conditions. You mentioned Shankar earlier on and and brought into semi-wild conditions, such as, for example, a sanctuary where they can at least roam freely and be with other elephants and socialize. and, And very, very important exercise freedom of choice that is something which is always uh, neglected in captivity a captive elephant has got no choice no freedom of choice and that is psychologically a very very important aspect the the secret behind reintegration is not that it can or can't be done but how it is done Each individual will require, as I mentioned, more or less time. And it it may even take years, it doesn't matter. But it just must be done professionally by experienced staff. Otherwise, of course, it can end in tragedy. You cannot just take an elephant out of a circus or zoo and and, and throw him into the wild. It will be tragic for, for the elephant and for It might even get aggressive towards human. So it has to be done by professionals, but it can be done. In in Asia, I do understand that the space of of available forests is becoming a huge challenge due to human overpopulation and expansion Mm -hmm. into elephant habitats. However, there are many sanctuaries uh, which, which can offer the elephants a good, meaningful life. First prize, of course, is always to bring them back to the wild, where they actually belong. And in Africa, we are lucky we can rewild them directly into large game reserves. Um, The way we do it here is by putting them first in a reasonably sized enclosure, which was... um, Larger than the one they were used to, maybe a hectare, two hectares, three hectares. And once they've acclimatized and learned the different smells and noises and possibly even seen other wildlife around the enclosure, then they are let into an even larger enclosure, an even larger enclosure, depending on how much time they need And slowly the humans keep away from them, less and less human elephant contact until you can set them free. Now, there are certain cases where you actually have to teach them not to go near vehicles. If they come from areas where they were elephant back ridden, they were used to people, they were used to vehicles, Uh, but it can be done and it, it, it has been done. To actually teach them to stay away from from humans and from people uh, for their own safety and for the people's safety. So there is absolutely no excuse for keeping an elephant captive.
0: Mm, Yeah, completely agreed. I mean, uh, people often assume rewilding or rehabilitation is simply you know, planting an elephant, I mean, or any animal back in the wild, but it is a gradual proce- uh, process with promising implications for captive elephants. And I really like how you mentioned choice. I think that's, you know, a basic right that all animals deserve the choice uh, for elephants to choose a mate, to eat the food they want, to walk as long as they want, and just to exhibit their natural behaviors, because I think that's um, the most interesting and more most informative. So, um, I think, you know, thank you again for coming in. This discussion was so informative and enlightening for me and the listeners. We, you've done so much and um, we really value all the research you and your team and organizations have contributed and we really appreciate your time.
1: It's been a great pleasure and thank you again for having me on and good luck with your work, further. I think it's great what you're doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.